You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to another Sunday morning. Thank you for joining me and listening to The Scoop here on KUNV 91.5 Radio, Jazz and More. This morning we are headed into the week of Thanksgiving. It's a time of year that we come together with family, with friends, to rejoice and to reflect, to love and to laugh. Today we're going to be talking with one of my dear friends, my pastor and my um, Greek fraternal sorority organization brother, um, member of Alpha, Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, my pastor, Donald McCoy of Abundant Heart Community Church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for um, waking up this Sunday morning to spend some time with me and to talk with uh, the community here in Las Vegas as we chat about what I thought was appropriate at this time, being thankful. It's so much is going on in our society, in the world, um, wars, devastation, um, extreme cost in the economy, loss of life, loss of loved ones, diagnosis with illness. And yet, how do you find the way to remain upbeat, to remain thankful? And I thought, let's talk about that and ways to cope with it and perspectives. And I appreciate you taking the time to join me and bringing uh, the spiritual perspective to the conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to sit down and chat with you. I enjoy our conversation. So I'm looking forward to uh, what comes out of this session this morning. Well, I am, too. So why don't we, with that, dive right in. And, you know, I want to explore a couple of different areas, also a little bit on grief. But what do you say to people? I mean, you've done sermons and talked about this, I'm sure. The concept, the Bible says a lot about giving thanks and being thankful to God for what we have, the privileges that we are presented with, and being good stewards over the small that we may have in order to have increase and enlarge. But when you're in that space and life is heavy, you don't always have the ability to feel like, to feel thankful, to feel grateful, to feel hope. What do you, how do you handle that? And how do you help people cope with those things when you're talking so to So me personally, so me personally, uh, when I'm going through, um, as a pastor, we get to see so much, experience so much. And a lot of times I have, if I'm having a pity party, I have to think about sometimes there are some people that are worse off than I am or experiencing things on a deeper level than I am and that they can manage to still to be thankful and appreciative of where they are. So sometimes I think about, I think about that to make sure that I stay focused um, on what's really important. You know, um, I have another day to get it right. 
I have a I have people around me that love me and I have to be appreciative of what my life does bring and what I do have in my life. And I think sometimes we let our desires and our dreams and whether or not we reach them um, and whether or not we're at a place where we think we should be um, to determine how we wake up in the morning with our attitude and how we see things. Um, but I think we need to have a positive attitude uh, about our outlook on life and understand that we have another day to get it right. And so sometimes it takes with people sitting down and pointing out what the positive things are in their life, what opportunities they do have. But I also think when you have those conversations with people, you also have to be ready to meet whatever needs they have mm-hmm. to help you through right. and, to, and, be, and be willing to help them carry whatever burden they're going through. Right, because you can really unpack something heavy when you say to someone, you know, how are you? Case in point, just the other day, I looked up, I saw someone that I know, she looked different than she had ever looked before. And I thought, hmm, that's very, it, you know, just was, it was surprising. I hadn't seen her for a while. And then when I saw her, she shared with me that she was going through cancer. Two people, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, I ran into two different women. In the two-week span, one was a, a member, a sister, my sorority sister, who I hadn't seen for a while. And I looked up. I was in the grocery store, and I thought, I know this face. But I remember seeing her before with this hair full of full, thick, beautiful hair. And it was all of a sudden short and really fine and really cute. But she looked a little different. And I said, I know this look. And I've shared with you all before. I am a three-time breast cancer survivor. So I knew that look. In both cases, I knew the look. While her skin was bright and she looked optimistic, I knew something had shifted in her life. I said, how are you? And she says, I'm okay. And I said, you know, at this point in life, having made that journey, I didn't sidestep it. I went ahead and walked through the door. I had knocked on as I walked through the door and I said, what's going on? And she told me that they had diagnosed um, cancer and that she was in her phases of chemotherapy and radiation, et cetera, on what was going on. And we had a really heart-to-heart talk. I made sure she had my phone number, and if she needed anything to call, and I will periodically make sure that I check in to see how she's doing. And the other case, I was sitting in a building, sitting at work, actually, when a a co-worker comes through and usually just dressed extravagantly to you know very well completed and I remember going through that period and one day we were going to get a wig for me and I was with a friend and I had gotten up and I put on like a turtleneck and a wool skirt and we went to go shop at this boutique that made custom wigs for women who were dealing with breast cancer And as we were trying on the wig, I'm looking at myself from different angles. We walked outside and I said to her, don't you ever again let me get dressed and not do more than what I've done today. And at the time I thought, okay, turtleneck and skirt, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I I have cancer, I don't have any hair. She said, well, I looked at it and you look frumpy, but I didn't know what to say. I said, well, next time say something. And it's the place where you're feeling down and you're dress is reflective of the mood but sometimes if we do a little bit more with the things that we can control 
it can change how we feel. So when I looked at this person and it wasn't what I was used to seeing, I thought, what's going on? And she told me she had head and neck cancer and I was stunned Mm -hmm. and it blew me back because there I am sitting there recovering from a torn left meniscus in surgery. So when you have a torn left meniscus and someone tells you that they're recovering from head and neck or going through head and neck cancer, that knee pales very quickly. It becomes a very dim light because you're thinking this is very much, much more serious. This is nothing compared to breast cancer and radiation and caring for an elderly parent and head and neck cancer and trying to run a whole entire department and get yourself better. I said, this is nothing. This is nothing. And so it's that moment where you, it really made me resonate on thankfulness and, and taking accountability of what's important and what people are going through and the challenges that we're all facing. Yes. I think that's, you know, sometimes we need those little models. Um, the scripture says this, and it's not necessarily uh, about Thanksgiving, but it, it gets us to the point of what you're talking about. Um, as Proverbs 17 and 22 says, a merry heart doeth good like a, like a medicine. Um, we, there's a lot about our lives that is affected by how we see ourselves. The Bible also says, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh at heart, so he is. So a lot of our the environment that we experience and whether we're happy and joyful in those things, despite the things happening, happen to do with how we see our circumstances and how we feel about it. We can find joy through a lot of things and still be going through and feel that pain and say, hey, I'm hurting because of this. I'm struggling because of this. Um, and it, it's oh, and we and it has to be OK to tell people I'm suffering. I'm going through, I'm having a hard time because that person may have a word of encouragement for you. And sometimes people just need a hug to brighten their day. Or if it's just, Hey, let me come over and cook a meal for you since I know you can't do it for yourself. And little things make the difference in our lives. And I think sometimes we focus too much on the big, huge things. And it's sometimes little things will make a difference in someone's life. Um, even with your friend, you know, if she needs something, needs some meal, because I love to cook, let you know, and I'll go cook for her and her family just to take that burden off of her. Um, because it's the little things that things matter. Um, but the rest of the back, Proverbs seventeen twenty two says this, but a broken spirit drives the bone. So our the broken spirit drives the bones. So literally taking the life, the marrow, the blood out of our bones, that they become brittle they they break then. So how we see ourselves matter, how we see our circumstances matter. Um, and I just think we have to keep a positive outlook because and the Bible also says that it's health it's health it's health to us. Laughter and all these things that are good for us. Um we really need to take account of our, our life because the truth of the matter is uh failure is a part of life. And we're not always going to get everything that we want. So rejection, disappointment, heartache, pain. We we really need to do a better job of teaching our children how to deal with that, how to cope with that, how to bounce back from that, and not get a negative attitude about it. And I think we need that needs to be throughout our culture. And then we also need to get help because this also goes over to mental health. And for those issues and things and being just healthy. 
you know, talking with our children to make them more resilient and stronger. But even as as adults, society tends to paint the picture that as you get to a certain age, and I have this conversation with young women all the time, and I have the conversation because I lost my mother at 29. So at 29, I was walking into, so you're looking at being in your 20s, me being in my 20s, finishing college, going to Washington State to do an internship. I was a print reporter at the time, so I moved to Washington State and worked for the suite of papers owned by the Seattle Times. So I moved all over the state of Washington for a year working for these papers. And so basically as my career was taking off and then as networking and meeting people was coming into focus, how that works. And I watch my uh, my niece as she and my nieces and young women as they walk into those spaces now where you are navigating society and culture and opportunities. And my mother was gone. So there wasn't anyone to call and say, hey, mom, I'm going to this event. What do you think I should wear? What do you think this requires? How should I think about this? Because she worked in the banking industry. She had been in those spaces and gone to those different types of events. You find yourself alone without your main primary mentor. If you're blessed to have a great mom, then that is your best and your primary mentor. So I was without my primary role model or mentor anymore, navigating on my own. And a lot of times I think we don't always have that, but we have people around us and we assume when people turn a certain age, because you are 30 or because you were 35, now you are an adult, you're perceived as having experienced life and the ability to make decisions. But in actuality, you don't have all the answers. So I think just like we think we need to make sure our children are equipped to cope, we need to make sure our adults are equipped to cope and that we are sort of reaching back to reach one and teach one and, and carry one another and make sure we're there for them because a lot of times parents can't pass on to their children what they don't have the knowledge of themselves. So Very true. Very true. And I, I tell a lot of people that when they're struggling with stuff, um, speak life over your situation and over yourself. And I will often tell people, depending on what they're dealing with, when you wake up in the morning and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, speak words of affirmation over who you are and what you want to achieve that day, what you want to accomplish in life, whether it's I'm, I'm beautiful, I'm smart, I'm handsome, I'm, I'm intelligent, uh, I'm going to accomplish this today. Speak life over your situation and, and what you're going through. Um, and I just say that because even as you talk about losing your, losing your mother, and that's huge when you lose uh, your role model, your mentor, who you depend on, um, but I also, my, and I bring that up because I just, uh, about around the 18th of September, I went home um, because my sister's husband at 45 dropped dead of a heart attack. Um, and leaving behind his, my nephew is graduating this year from high school. And so now there's this void in their life with him being out of it. And my sister called me. I think it was, uh, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. She called me, and that was the week of the 22nd through the 26th. And she called me, and she broke down crying because she had a moment where she took him to the mall to do things that Scotty would do with, with, um, with Trey. And then she started thinking about all the things that Trey was going to miss out on, what was 
that his father should be doing for her and if she was going to be adequate enough as a single mom to provide for him, was she going to be able to teach him the things that he needed to do? So as we talked, I said, none of us can replace God. But I, what I want you to look at is what is around you. So this, where you think you're inadequate, look what you have in place. You have uh, your your father, who is a great grandfather to your to your son. He will fill that void. I said, I'm that's my nephew. I can't be his dad, but I will fill whatever role I can to give him what he needs. His his other uncle will do the same. I said, so where you think you're short, you're not. None of us can replace him. And so I think a lot of times we look at what we what we lost and we lose sight of what is there. And I I would never tell anybody to get past their grief, their hurt and pain. I just told her, I said, embrace it. Be in that moment. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true. I think we often try to to that point that you're making to suppress pain because um, the messages around us often are, you know, get back on the horse and and keep going and um, you have to move forward. Having been through so, I have had probably really 30 surgeries at this point in my life. It's crazy. You've been through a lot. I've been through, I have, honestly, I've been through a lot and I'm grateful that I don't look like what I've been through. But having had three bouts of breast cancer, losing my mother, a tumor on my thyroid, um, recently two different knee surgeries, just the things that we consider challenges in life and that for some people, even when I was going through the breast cancer with the chemotherapy and all of the treatments and still running organizations, sitting on boards in the community serving, people said to me, I would have just balled up and died and just, I would have been immovable and just in the fetal position. But you have to keep pressing on and realizing that there are people around you, but the important piece don't, run away from the emotions that you're dealing with. Being emotional is part of healing. Even going through grief of losing someone, whether it's losing someone to death, losing someone through divorce and or a relationship that breaks up or whatever the case may be, a friendship that does not survive a, a situation, that's grief. And processing the emotion that comes with that is what helps you to heal because it's also is what helps you to learn more about yourself. A point you were making earlier about looking in the mirror. I remember going through a really difficult um, breakup period in a relationship situation. And I met a young lady and we just had this connection. And one of the things she said to me was, what do you see in the mirror when you wake up in the morning? What do you see? Think about that. Do you like what you see? What are your thoughts about who and what you see in the mirror? And it really stayed with me and it resonated as a lesson of self-awareness and self-evaluation and accountability for how I was feeling, what I was thinking, what I was experiencing, what power I was holding on to or power I was relinquishing to the experience I was having because this relationship, this thing didn't work. How did I feel? Because sometimes when those things don't go well or we lose people, whatever we feel our role is, sometimes with grief of a loved one, is it were we there enough for that person? Did I do as much as I could have? Like there are levels and feelings of guilt or accountability or second guessing. And even though you might feel 
you were doing and the person has no issue with how you were there for them. We can be our own worst critics and going through the emotional steps and accepting the feelings is part of this, the self-healing and self-awareness and self-evaluation. So I say, I say that to make sure people don't feel like they always have to be strong. That's perfect because you know the Bible says is that God's grace is sufficient in our and in, in our weakness He's made strong and that the power of Christ will rest upon us. Um, emotions are a beautiful thing, and we really need to enjoy, and embrace them, experience them. But I will just say this too: I think the people when we want to minister to our friends and our families that are hurting, we need don't be judgmental. Don't have a time frame when you think they should be past something. What you really need to do is be in that moment with them. Feel that pain with them. Tell them it's okay to feel that pain. Talk to them about it. And then share how that experience, if you went through with them or you're feeling the pain of that death, the loved one that was passed on, share that pain with them. Be in that moment with them and tell them that it's okay. But, and I like to tell them, but keep living. Don't stop living because of the pain and the hurt because you deserve to live. And just as long as you keep moving forward, you're okay. But be in the moment. And then I like to get in the moment with those people. And if it means I'm crying with them, I'm going to cry with them. But we need to feel that pain with them and make them feel that it's okay and create that safe space for them. And as you said, it begins, it starts to healing. It does. And it returns you to the laughter and, You know, this is about how to get to the grateful part, how to get to Thanksgiving and how to remember what you're grateful for. And all of that is part of it. And at some point, um, grief and loss and disappointment turns to the memories of the good times that you shared. And it brings a smile to your face and you're able to recall the fun. And when you come together again with family and friends, those are the enriching moments that restore the love and the laughter. So, you know, this as we go into Thanksgiving and family dinners and um, are you frying your turkey? Are you are you doing a turkey this year? So I'm not doing any cooking. We're going over to Johnny and Nina's house. We're going to have Thanksgiving with them. I I take it back. I am going to cook because Amaya wants lasagna. So she I'm going to do a non-traditional one just for the immediate family so that we're going to have lasagna. Kim's a vegan now, so I got to cook something just for her to eat. So I am going to do something, but otherwise we're going over to Johnny and Nita's going to have Thanksgiving with So them. you get to test your culinary skills these days. Yeah, I do. I love to cook, you know that. I, love, okay. I, I do a little burn. I don't get to milk it for a whole bunch of meals. I don't know what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't get Okay, well, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. Uh, And then I will say this, too, is as we get closer to the end of this this conversation, uh, when we think about being thankful, um, we set the tone for our day with whatever attitude we choose to start our day with. And it determines the course of the rest of our day and how we will handle the challenges that will come our way. That is very sobering and very true. And I want to say thank you for making that very valid point. And because we are the ones who are in control of our environment, our environment. We choose how we respond. We choose how 
we respond despite how things are going around us, how people are interacting with us, maybe treating us, how circumstances aren't delivering the outcomes we hope for. How you respond, it's, it's what I always say, it's not what you're going through, but it's how you respond to what you're going through. I remember a, recovering from a surgery, one of my breast cancer surgeries, there's been so many, but I had a situation where I wasn't healing as I should. And I said to the doctor, this wound needs to heal. How long is it going to take? I had already been off work like six weeks. And he said, it's going to take another seven weeks. And I was like, I can't be off another seven weeks. And so we have to do something. So it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. It was like seven days of the week leading up to Thanksgiving. So he said, in seven days, we're going to do this surgery. Go to the hospital, register for everything. I didn't want to have another surgery, so I didn't go to the hospital. I was lazy. I was slow. I was resistant. I remember coming home, walking into my backyard, looking up at the sky and thinking, clouds, sky, mountain, trees, birds, water, all these things. And I thought, he made the whole world in seven days. Surely he could fix me. Surely he could fix this problem in seven days. And it was just like peace washed over me and I realized in that moment I didn't do anything different I didn't treat it differently I didn't get any different medications but I realized that my attitude shifted completely from woe is me this thing isn't healing this isn't working look at my circumstance to believing and changing my attitude and how I looked at my situation. I literally did not do anything different. The bandages, the medications, nothing changed. In seven days, I canceled the surgery, told the doctor I was fine, didn't need him to look at anything, and I wasn't going to have it. And I never did, and I never had another problem with that situation. It just healed up, and I went on. And it was really just my attitude and how I approached the circumstance that I was dealing with. So I just, you know, I hope that we are, you know, coming to the the close of this week's conversation. But as we went into, as we prepare to go into Thanksgiving and enjoy family dinner with everyone this week, I just wanted to talk about being thankful and being grateful and coping in the holiday season and how people can look at that through a lens where um, it is beautiful and it is hopeful and it is bright and there's sunshine and opportunity. So I want to thank you for joining me and having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about it. And if listeners want to hear more from you, they can always join you on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Abundant Heart Community Church. Where are you located? We are located at 2535 West Cheyenne Avenue, Suite 100. Well, thank you. I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving. I wish everyone a wonderful week. Um, Enjoy your family. Enjoy friends. Enjoy laughter. Have a good time. Have some of your favorite foods. Promise yourself you're going to do some exercise. And don't be too hard on yourself if you have an extra slice of cake or pie or whatever makes you happy and puts a smile on your face. Thank you again for joining me here to listen in to The Scoop here at Public Radio KUNV 91.5. Jazz and more. Have a wonderful week. Happy Thanksgiving. 
I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.